detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again um, for another episode. Maddie, Jared, good to have you on board. G'day. No Gibbo again tonight, unfortunately. We are back to that a fucking gut full of us. I think April Fool's Day might have made a snap. <laughs> he was pretty unhappy about that one. <laughs> Tonight we're going back to franchise territory. Friend of the show, Ali, once again put forward the Mad Max series. Great idea. Decided to blow the dust off these because I certainly haven't seen them in a long time. So tonight's episode is Mad Max, the original from 1979. Before we get into that, though, let's do a quick whip round at what we've been watching. Jared, what have you got on the the schedule there. Uh, I've got a... Got Is Hellboy few... No, no, I, I didn't get to Hellboy. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't find the time. <laughs> I got onto a couple of couple of newer shows. I, I got onto the new episodes of Game of Thrones. Ah, yes. Which is a very enjoyable start to this season, all, all coming together. I also got onto what's probably one of the best things I've watched in ages is the TV show of What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, yeah. It's I hear that's good. Fucking hilarious! Mm-hmm. It's really funny, and it's um, I actually think some of it might even work better as a movie, uh, as a as a TV series, because the movie was funny as as well. I really liked it, but now you're getting to see these kind of little stories and just stretching it out, like because it's so funny, you can apply it to so many different things. Like it was just yeah, it's a very very amusing, uh, very amusing show. So if you get a chance to check it out, do that. I actually. The kids wanted to watch the Goosebumps movie again, so I ended up watching that oh, again. shit. <coughs> good movie, though, the first yeah, one. Yeah, it's pretty good. I enjoyed the first one. Uh, it's a yeah, good little nod to all the books and everything. So, uh, I finished the first Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Got on to the second Mortal Kombat. I watched Annihilation. How is Annihilation? Oh, oh it is just awful. Because the first one, I still, as I, as I mentioned last time, the first one still got things that I enjoyed. Was Christoph Lambert in Annihilation? No, no. James Remar took oh, over his role. Gibbo's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, favourite actor. <laughs> I then watched Mortal Kombat Legacy, which was the uh, was the web series they did. It's probably the best one. The production values are pretty good for a web series. Obviously, the, the effects and that are a bit they're a bit wanting in certain areas, but the stories and everything it's it's a it's it's a really good way to do it because they basically just take ten minutes of backstory. Yeah, and and. Sp- each character gets a bit of backstory or gets two episodes of backstory and it just works really well. So mm. they actually did a second season of it, which I haven't really watched, but it's all on YouTube. And yeah, I reckon that's probably the best version of it so far. Um, I watched Killing Gunther. Oh, <laughs> oh, is that Arnie? That's Arnie uh, well, it? yeah, Arnie's on the poster. <laughs> it's, uh, so what, he's not in it? He's not in it very much. So I guess the concept is that Gunther is like a... is. Um, like the world's most kind of revered assassin. Um, so all these other assassins get together to knock him off just because they, <laughs> they've had enough of him and they get a documentary crew to follow him. Um, <laughs> it's not Arnie's best work, I wouldn't that way, is it? There's a few There's a few laughs to be had there, but it's... Uh, yeah. Not delivered by Arnie, though? No, no, Arnie, Arnie doesn't show up for very very long at all. That's disappointing because it kind of looked all right. And his comedy chops are more sort of jingle all the way than. It's very. Punch and bloody reindeer, isn't it? Very so. ordinary. I jumped back into uh, Dick Tracy. Oh, the, the, the film. movie, yeah. Oh, yeah. Warren Beatty. Yeah, yeah. It was actually a really. It was a good watch because I hadn't seen it in so long. 
And it's actually really well done in terms of like, uh, it seems to be matte painting for the backgrounds and things like that. And it's, it's pretty well done in that regard. It was a bit of fun. Uh, I, I, yeah, I hadn't seen it in so long and I just saw it pop up and thought, yeah, better check this out. Um, I got onto Seven Days in Hell. <laughs> which oh, is, the, the, the Sandman tennis yeah, yeah, game. It's the tennis dog. Because obviously I'd seen Tour de, Tour de Pharmacy or whatever it was called, <laughs> bloody Gustav Ditters and all that, <laughs> which was, I thought it was really funny. So I watched this one and it was... Again, it's a lot of it is kind of juvenile and stupid, but you end up with a couple of really good laughs out of it. Like at one point, they start um, reconstructing um, Andy Samberg. Like he plays, he plays a an adopted brother of the Williams sisters. <laughs> so at one point, he ends up in a Swedish prison for <laughs> fraud or something like that. And they do the recreations like those, um, like those. Uh, was it Japanese news? sort of simulations that were popular a few years ago when yeah. they couldn't find footage of something they'd simulate it. So they do his time in prison in the in the simulation style and he's got an abnormally large penis and all this sort of <laughs> stupid stuff that it's so juvenile but when it pops up on screen you just kind of just <laughs> laugh at it for whatever uh, reason. Well, because I'm an we idiot. do. <laughs> That's how the people turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was worth it. It was worth a chuckle. I, I, I liked it. And the last one I got to was Avengers Endgame. Oh, yeah. Was that good? So, yeah, it was good. As a film, I probably wouldn't rank it up as one of the best ones, but it's just the fact that it's tying everything up. and Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty engrossing in that regard, and there were some pretty satisfying endings to, to certain threads that were going on. So, yeah, it was good. I liked uh-huh. it. That was me. Manny? Nowhere near as epic as your, <laughs> as your run, but I, I've watched um, Chris Lilly's thing, Lunatics. Oh, <laughs> Have you started that? No, no, I'm not a fan of that bloke at all. Well, look, I I thought he was. That bloke is a one trick pony. If I've ever seen one. Yeah, look, he was so good in the. I thought he was amazing in the first couple. Yeah, yeah, his first couple. That's where. And um, just started slipping and slipping and slipping, and this is just borderline offensive. You know, it is offensive to some people, but I'm. For me, but it's just, just funny, like, man. You're just offended by the I've, lack of laughs. <laughs> Look, I'm five episodes in and I haven't laughed once. So, oh, shit. It's a bit. It's a Good bit. Good strike rate. <laughs> yeah, but like if you talk to me about the the older ones, I'll tell yeah. You, were, the guy had talent. Has talent. Mm. But and because he showcased it, and he's what he produced the first time, yeah. where he's playing six different characters. It worked, but he yeah. keeps trotting it out. And do you know it's what I the same think thing. it is? The the characters are aren't tied together in any way. They, I think for the first couple, they were tied together. They were all in the school yeah, or yeah. they were all looking to, to this the award. What the first one? The, the Wicked Heroes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were all, but they were all sort of on the same path. Yeah. And they had, there was a little bit of um, interaction. But the now it's just turned into the jokes are a bit more extreme. Like he's had, he's had to take it up a notch to try and get the same effect. Mm. And it's just more offensive. Like the, I think it would appeal to maybe 12-year-olds the, even though it's R-rated, like a, the, it would appeal to like twelve-year-olds because one of the characters is just a bogan that swears, a kid bogan yeah. that swears, and they've put him in England. And so it's just it's like it's maybe more extreme than it used to be. I think the subtleties of the old one as well were, were sort of a nice touch yeah. there. So a bit disappointing, and I'll probably ditch it. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I got back into the office, the American one. I was like. I, I'd initially only got up to the end of season seven, so I went back to the beginning of season six. I'm going to go back and finish that off. That was all, that was uh, bloody good. That was actually so, one of the ones yeah. that they got right. Yeah. In fact, it pressed things forward. Yeah. I think, 
I think it definitely comparable to the English version. I, I don't in think terms it was ever. Uh, for me personally, David Brent is. <laughs> I've worked with bass like David yeah, Brent, yeah. and it's cringy, juicy watching him yeah. in action. Yeah, yeah. But I think that they did a pretty good job with the American. And just some there's uh, again there's a lot of levity in that that makes it a bit more human than yeah than where some comedies go where yeah. it just just laughs like the it's got that that happy and sad stuff going on yeah the um but even just the side characters are hilarious like Creed is just Creed <laughs> him trying to act younger pretending he's a skateboarder it's like saying later skater and he's dyed his hair he's just like so good yeah. I also watched that uh, 1922 which is uh, oh the Stephen King yeah one. yeah yeah it's pretty dark hey? um, man of the 2000s yeah, Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. Still starring near 2020. Still trying to find that <laughs> that, that role. Find a niche. Find a home. So how was the, it? Um, oh, it's dark. I I did some I did some damage to my uh, psyche this week because I, I watched that. I watched also Pet Cemetery, which I was like 20 minutes into watching Pet Cemetery, and I'm like. I've got a kid at home. Why did I do this to myself? Yeah. It's just dark. Is this the, like, the new version of Head Cemetery? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. new one. So, so I watched exactly, that. It's exactly what one of um, one of my wife's work colleagues who yeah. likes horror movies and sends recommendations back and forth. It's exactly what he said. Yeah. He said he used to love the old one. So he went into this one and that's exactly what he thought. He's like, this is too dark now that I've got kids. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I felt the same thing. Same with the book. It would have been it's funny. Just... It would have been funny before you sort of had any feelings. Yeah. <laughs> 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 to your gruesome feelings. We loved it. Yeah. It's, uh, that's yeah. always good to hear. Before I was a human being. The good thing for me is I've got no feelings still. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you've got a heart stone over there, so you're all right. You can watch anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm a cold, heartless mongrel. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Nine, and 1922 wasn't much better. Okay. That's, so was it a good much, film? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Look, it's good. It's well put together. And um, basically the premise is a, is a guy and his son decide to kill a wife that wants to leave them. So the, the mum that wants to leave them and, uh, and just the effect that that has as opposed to what the expectation was to what the reality is when you do something like a, a horrible act like that. You so that, everything goes You got Thomas Jane? Winner. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> So that's that's basically me. That was that's some, it. There was some. Uh, there's some. What's what's the name of that show? Raina James. The, the there's like a country western thing on that my wife's watching at the moment, oh. and that was better than Chris Lilly. But uh, <laughs> anyway, keep well, going. I'm sure. Well, well, I went on a bit. Of, I went on a Stephen King binge as well. I finished eleven twenty two sixty three. Yep. Enjoyed it. It was not on. What path. is it? I don't know what that is. It's, it's one of. It's the book where. Um, it, they find a wormhole from 2016. They go back to 1960. All oh, right, cool. And then they they start. He starts. Um, you can stay in 1960 for you know it'll keep going mm. forward. So they decide to interfere with the death of JFK. Yeah. It, the book is fantastic. Yeah, I've just started listening to it on uh, Audible. The series was good, but it just felt perhaps even a little bit too long. There's a lot. There's a lot there. And Which is interesting because the book is it's dense, quite massive. But there like, were episodes where you're kind of sitting there just going. You know, let's hurry up. Let's move yeah. on. Still good, though. Still yeah. good. I watched Storm of the Century, which is one of my personal favourite King TV series. And it's all about this storm that cuts off this little island and this bloke just appears and starts saying to him, give me what I want and I'll go away. And then, obviously, it's about what he wants and how the, the town's going to deal with it. Mm. I loved it. It was written specifically by him for TV, like not, not as a book. Yeah. I then watched the Salem's Lot miniseries. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Rob Lowe, I believe you. <laughs> you rubbed yeah, elbows yeah, with yeah, the bloke. He ran past me while he was filming. Uh, filming in, uh, in Melbourne. In yes. Melbourne, he jogged <laughs> past me, and I said, "That's Rob Lowe." My wife goes, "Shit, where?" And then she turns back to me and goes, "Who's Rob Lowe?" Love the fact that there was excitement in the air. Yeah, there was excitement. Did you know who the bloke was? But she assumed he might. Yeah, she loves to spot a celeb. So there's this initial kind of, "Oh shit," and then she's yeah. I don't know who he is. <laughs> Look, I enjoyed it. It lacks the... I remember reading the book. Yeah. And there's a sequence in the book where the Doctor and, and Ben are trying to work out what's going on and the fucking thing comes back to life on the table and attacks them. And it, it I remember reading it and holding my breath while I read it. Yeah. You know, it was really intense the way he had it written. Mm. And the, the miniseries just... Couldn't, couldn't replicate anything like that. It's not very mm. scary. It's not very suspenseful. It's reasonably faithful to the book. Yeah. But good try, but nothing special. And it's good to hear that James Wan is actually going to produce a remake of it. Mm. Of Salem's Lot. Once again, Stephen King. <laughs> One and King. <laughs> the two blokes. <laughs> Pulls some lever and all his money falls out. Yeah, the two, the two blokes here, James White and Stephen King, the two blokes that need uh, another series in the works to, to really <laughs> care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The blokes suck hard up for some, yeah, they, hard up they, some money and uh, attention. They get bored if they weren't doing something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Cujo. Yeah. I actually think they, did, they. I haven't seen that in years. They did a fantastic job using the actual dog. Mm. You know, the fact that you, it's 1984 or whatever it was, you had to actually use the dog, and they did a pretty good job making that it a, a sort of you know a fierce presence. I would love to see it. There's a lot of extra stuff to it, like she's having an affair, and there's all this crap going on about that, and. I think it could have used a bit of the Jaws treatment, which was uh, yeah. when they took the book of Jaws, they Did cut out all this bullshit about affairs and the mob and all this, and it's simply an A to B yeah. action adventure. What I could see this being is a lean and mean survival story, mm. basically. The dog trapped where she was, because that's the bit that works. Yeah, that's... The last half an hour is really good. Topical these days, too, so it'll be interesting to see someone have another crack at it. Yeah, you know, with King, it's never it's never just about the dog or the no. crown or that. <laughs> yeah, there's more it's representing something. You yeah, know. I mean, this is that's the one of the books you can't remember. I wonder what Maximum Overdrive is <laughs> representing. What the, I think what it the represents cocaine. <laughs> 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 because, but Cujo. So the great thing about Cujo, I think, well, not the great thing is that. He's not as heavily tied to it because he doesn't remember writing it because yeah, yeah. he was high as a kite. He also said, I, I read an interview recently when they asked him about the changes for Pet Cemetery, and basically said my attitude to that these days is very mercenary. I, you know, if someone comes to me and says, I'm going to change this, I say, yeah, whatever, I'm interested to see your take. And if it's fucked up, I start saying, oh, what, the, what did you do that for and all that sort of stuff, but at least they're taking chances. And, yeah. yeah. And then I watched the first four episodes of Mr. Mercedes which is another King series, Bill which is really good. So Re- prolific. Really good. Actually, I really love the book, and I think they've done a really good job of replicating it. And then I watched The Twilight Zone, first mm. episode of Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah, I watched that as well. Actually. Look, 
It was okay. It was okay. Nothing special. Left me wanting more, yeah. but it wasn't. You can a real see classic. where they're going with this, and yeah, and, and it has. It's going to possibly have some legs. It could yeah. be quite good. It was nothing groundbreaking though. No, same vein as normal Twilight Zone, or yeah, similar to top. Yeah, it was. I mean, you could see where they were going. You could see them really nailing some of these stories and finding a couple of those real gems like the original Twilight Zone. But, I mean, you go back and watch that and there's some stinkers you know, oh, amongst yeah. it as Plenty. well. Plenty. But there's a, there's a couple of, you know, the Howling Man and the um, Time Enough at Last, that those ones that you just remember. So I think, you know, hopefully they give it a, give it a fair crack. Unfortunately, we won't get to watch it for a while because I'm not paying Channel 10, <laughs> 10 bucks a month Mate, to watch Those that blokes are way too late on that yeah, train. Yeah, you should have put it I'm like, not paying another 10 bucks a month. You especially can, when they put... Especially put when the, there's nothing else. The, well, they put the first one on free-to-air and then they're going to... They're, they're going to give us wall-to-wall fucking Bachelor in Paradise and not play the Twilight Zone. So my response to that is you can stick your 10 bucks and I'll wait for DVD. <laughs> and that, oh, the other one was we watched Bad Mums. Yep. Yeah. Look, it was all right. It was all right. I got, I got some laughs. I got some laughs out of Bad Mums. Milla Kunis. Can't, yeah, yeah. Can't be horrible. Yeah. Mila Kunis and um, Kristen Bell and that. Like, yeah, yeah. It's exactly what I expected, but it was there was... For the first hour, it was quite amusing. Yeah. Once they start trying to, you know, how they always do, learn a lesson in these movies, <laughs> it usually goes off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> but that's me. All right, let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 1979's Mad Max. In the not-too-distant future, there will be no civilization. There will be no heroes. <laughs> They say people don't believe in heroes anymore. Well, damn them. You and me, Max. We're going to give them back their heroes. In the not-too-distant future, there will only be madmen and the main force patrol. is a main force officer trying to protect his family and stay alive. His only weapon, 600 horses of fuel-injected vengeance. Mad Max, the maximum force of the future. Mad Max from 1979, directed by George Miller, who also directed Happy Feet, strangely enough. <laughs> Uh, produced by Byron Kennedy, stories by George Miller, Byron Kennedy, and the screenplay, screenplay was by George Miller and James McCausland. It stars Mel Gibson as Max, Joanne Samuel as Jesse, Hugh Keysburn as Toe Cutter, and Steve Bisley as Jim Goose. The estimated budget was $350,000. 
Box office, I think it said about eight and a half million in the US, but it says that there's like a hundred million worldwide it's made. Mm. It probably did really well, I think, on home video when it first came out. The guy who played Johnny the Boy was so into the character that he annoyed everyone on set and was abandoned one day during lunch while handcuffed to the wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he was also yeah. uh, Canberra. Oh, was he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> All right. Jared, your thoughts, mate? It's such a balls to the wall movie. Like, it's so... It's a little bit left to centre. Like, it's... Uh, I can imagine someone from America watching a movie like this and just going, what What are these blokes saying? Like, it's so... It's, it's, it's such a kind of... It's got that Australian vibe from that time period of that kind of the language and the fucking loose units that, you know, you go to the pub and get into a fight on a Saturday night and all that sort of bullshit. But the action is just unbelievable. And it's it's funny to watch, like, it's funny to read about George Miller being nervous to shoot the action because he'd never done it before and then he produces stuff like this, which is... Still, pretty much the gold standard of this mm. stuff. It's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> it's also unbelievable that he didn't end up in court on a fucking manslaughter charge at some point <laughs> after inadvertently killing somebody because <laughs> I don't know how they didn't. Um, especially, you know, having seen a little bit about it. Like, if you watch this, it's essential to watch Not Quite Hollywood and see that that was, it was just bloody guerrilla style. <laughs> they didn't have permits. They, didn't, they were just going places and fucking find an empty street. Yeah, and shoot, a shooting scene. So. Yeah, it's it's in that context, it's a friggin' marvel that they got it done. Um, but it's so exhilarating for for like long stretches, and they actually, considering that the plot is just bare bones revenge kind of stuff, they, they actually kind of nail a couple of the emotional yes. moments to get the stakes really high. Mm. So I reckon it's probably I'll probably go four. A little bit of the money that wasn't there that kind of shows in a, in a few parts, but. It's unbelievable what they got done for how they did it. Matty. Yeah, I'm I'm with Jared. The uh, a lot of it has it like the the pace is sort of a bit slow at the beginning and then just escalates and goes off Not for the first time. No, it's it's really yeah. <laughs> There's parts like, like when they just like where the, where everyone's just hanging around in the town and yeah, yeah. just but then it just it just kicks into gear and including some of the funniest little bits on the side, which is something, it's, it's an accomplishment that you can have these little characters doing these stupid little things. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it turns into, into an action movie that enthralls you in a different way. Yeah. Plus, it was going to be three and a half, but Cookie's in it from Country Practice. No, no, no. He's, he's in the next one. 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 Yeah, Cookie gets half star on his own. I wish he had time to call someone boxhead or something. <laughs> no, but, it's, but even, it's just, it's a it's a well put together story. So it's like, the you've got your twist, you've, that uh, that's satisfying as well yeah. at the end of it. So I really enjoyed it. And Look, I mean, in the best possible way, George Miller's a fucking lunatic, you know, because some of that shit in the first 10 minutes is, I mean, I reckon his style was just, did someone die there? No, no, no everyone's all right. All right yeah, yeah. Get Let's back do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's honestly classic Australian cinema that mm. that would probably one of the, be probably one of the most well-known Australian films ever. The action stuff is... Like, mate, you can take you can take your Fast and the Furious for me. This stuff is all legit, and barring speeding up the footage a couple of times, 
they all seem to be going pretty quick. It's funny you say that because I think some of the best parts of the Fast and the Furious are clearly influenced by this stuff. Oh, really? Like some of the some of the you know some of the latest stuff in like Fast Five, which they do for real. Is clearly influenced by this and, sh- and shot in similar ways. Similar and, ways, yeah. And it gives you that same kind of exhilaration. Like, I couldn't give a fuck about cars. I, I, I don't yeah, spend yeah. any time on, on cars whatsoever. I barely know what car I drive, let alone what time I drive. So, to watch a movie that's, you know, it's all about, oh, you know, you've got V8s, we've got this and that. I don't give a shit about that, but when you get behind the wheel and the engine starts going, yeah. and they're fucking flying down the road at 100 miles an hour, I'm edge of the seat, mate. I'm, I'm clenched up. Like, what's oh, this is exciting, you know? I mean, it's shot on an extremely small budget and with absolutely zero regard for anyone's yeah. safety, whether it was yeah, other people difference. on the road. That's the difference. They probably care if they kill someone. <laughs> the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, people. they're going, oh shit. <laughs> the action scenes are just incredible. And the plot, like you, they use minimal scenes to convey just enough to raise the stakes and showcase that Max cares for some of these characters. And when they when they go, mm. it it resonates. It's it's a great piece of work. Even the, even considering it's how old now, it's almost forty years old. Yeah, forty. They actually had the fortieth anniversary, and they did uh, they did events in all the places we shot around yeah. Victoria and Clunes and things like that. It's phenomenal stuff. Four out of five for me. Mm. The first like is the action scenes are basically second to none. Like mm. to to think that this was his first movie. I'm assuming I believe it was his first movie. Yeah, I think they'd done little things prior to that, but this was like the first. Thank God it was Grand Page blowing a few things. Yeah, oh well, Grand Page noted fucking lunatic. <laughs> Made a career as a stuntman because he was happy to just look at something and say, yeah, "I'll jump off that." Or yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that he cut his teeth on, on the Mad Max films just so he can make the things that he's really passionate about, like Babe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was watching yeah. it the whole time. <laughs> he made a pig. You know, when you get a couple of when you get a couple of pigs in uh, Babe racing around the paddock, he's so similar to the pig. Same thing. It's funny that this bloke has made made this post apocalyptic um, series of films that are very difficult to shoot. His worst experience was on Witches of Eastwick with uh, Peter. Uh, no. Um, What's his name? Uh, the the producer that oh, manhandles yeah. everyone. Bloody John Peters. <laughs> that was his worst experience in film. Yeah. Considering it's that old, mm. that opening ten minutes, it was like <laughs> crazy. Right. Crazy. When a little kid walks out the middle of the road, oh, oh yeah. is he going to die? And they, they, he did such a good job of mixing up the. Like, the, it's almost like the release of tension that the kid didn't get hit by a car <laughs> was better than if the kid got cleaned up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as you mentioned, Adam, like, you get a couple of little character moments in the midst of it, like Big Bopper. Yeah. Like Big, Big Boppers are nothing, but yeah. you get this sense of what he's like. He's so he's, just straight away, right? Yeah, immediately you see Porty a gun at two people fornicating in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to himself. But then you get, like, when he's, when he's going there... You get this sense of oh, he's really, um, he's really persistent with this, 
but only if he's allowed to drive the car. <laughs> That's the type of bloke he is. Like, you get this sense of that guy just from a couple of those shots. And, like, as you said, they're fucking ramming into things and then he's kind of, oh, we're back in the game. He's turning the At one stage, they're just on the side of the road. He's turning the key and she fires up and he's like, yeah. And he's straight back into it. My car made that noise once the, with the fan belt. I'll shit myself. He was just like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing too was the um, I remember the night Rider just being like really ridiculous but this time around I was watching it and I'm like he actually comes across as a fucking lunatic yeah. he actually like he comes across as dangerous oh, yeah, all that night- crap is really, except when he's laughing he looks like a bit of a tool but yeah. he's talking about oh, the night Rider and all this sort of stuff and like just it was like the ramblings of a lunatic. Yeah, you know, yeah. kind of. Again, it made it kind of that more, a little bit more exciting. I mean, shit. You came they did this on three hundred and fifty grand on the friggin' back roads of regional Victoria, <laughs> and they've ended up with action that Michael Bay fucking dreams that he could <laughs> produce, mate. Yeah, what? Three hundred fifty k that they used every dollar because they didn't have to get permits. They didn't have to pay for any permits. Yeah, exactly. or fucking insurance. They're not greasing <laughs> any palms. They're not doing anything. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you can't shoot here, mate. Okay, just just take it down the road. <laughs> just fire it off again. Okay, how do we get to the next town over? Can you give us directions? <laughs> I mean, that opening sequence is just ridiculous. Like, it's just out... And it's a great way to kick it off. It really sort of throws you straight into it. Mm, yeah. And when the um, cars are colliding and stuff, you, you know there's no other way that they could do that other than... Crashing two cars together. That's exactly what they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Should we do it at like 40 k's an hour? Nah. Let's <laughs> do it at 100. <laughs> It'll be fine. Oh, then Grand Page was behind a lot of that. Let's jack the speed up a bit. It's not exciting enough. <laughs> I'm more, I'm yeah, I'm well, I'm 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 broke a sweat there. At 40 k's, I might not have a scratch on me. <laughs> the lack of budget is actually kind of a positive. Because it gives this, the movie a really raw sort of quality, mm. um, and there's an aesthetic that they're going for yeah. that actually ends up working because there is no money. Mm. You know, like the dark and dingy mechanic area in the police station, you know, it looks like money. Mm. It's different <laughs> to Thunderdome that way because Thunderdome, they've sort of got a civilization, they've got a, a whole community of people, and uh, it doesn't feel like that. It's like all in that two dimension of just one road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, which, which you, the other three movies are all down one road, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. So, and it sort of it works in its favour as well for this. You know, one, that uh, that that uh, was the car park at Melbourne Uni. <laughs> was it? <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was looking at you know when I used to drive and park at the sticks at UC. You'd, <laughs> I could have used that as a post-apocalyptic landscape <laughs> <laughs> as well. <laughs> But yeah, that was it was like the underground car park at Melbourne Uni. They still they still talk about it. But yeah, it, it's it does provide as you said, they had to use what they what they could. Yeah. And they found some really, really nice looking sets and things yeah. for what they had. And I think that the the low budget also helps the plot. Yeah. Because everything's been streamlined. Mm. Everything's uh, been streamlined you know out. I just think it doesn't take away from it, the movie, because the plot's good. The like the the banter's good. It's entertaining. It's funny. It's got levity. It's got it's got all the good stuff. Yeah. The scenery from the rural areas that they shot in too actually gives it a really kind of unique mm. well, look to it. Certainly from the idea that it's this one's not as post-apocalyptic as the no. others, but 
you get the sense, obviously, that it's a bit further into the... It's a little bit into the future. Yeah. The come, to, come to Rogue Warrior, things have escalated. <laughs> yeah, quite, yeah. Quite, a, quite a ways. Things have gone a long way. <laughs> but quite frankly, I think that the, the the fact that it's kind of shot in this, you know, grassy fields and stuff all around, it doesn't feel like a place where you'd have road gangs no. going at each other. No. But it strangely works. And it's... Yeah, it kind of it ramps up, like, one particular scene where the couple are getting chased by the gang, it actually worked really well in the favour there because it just made it so isolated. It actually yeah. made that scene really scary. Was that but the one with the two guys, the, the woman and the guy in the... Not in the bubble. <laughs> not in the bubble. <laughs> in the bubble, bubble, bubble. <laughs> no, they were in the hot enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. That was scary shit, it mate. It was actually really scary. When you first meet the, the gang... You're kind of looking at their weird jackets and coats and stuff, and you're kind of like, they don't seem that menacing initially, but then when they chase them down, and I can only assume they raped them both, it's quite unnerving to watch that. Yeah, yeah. It was very unsettling. And it's one sequence that basically tells you Toe Cutter and Koa are a pack of loose units. They built it up too because they've got that menace about how they talk at the beginning. They're talking about picking up their friend from the station and they're like, oh, there's no one here and that that is our friend. uh, It's really powerful like in terms of they're not quite all there. No. And And the way uh, Toe Cutter takes people's heads in his hands and stuff Mm. and talks really slow to them. Toe Cutter's actually really good. These little mannerisms that he he has and the things that he says are just off kilter. They're just really Mm. strange. But I was a fan of Kundalini. Yeah, Kundalini. <laughs> this is Kundalini's head. He would like his head back. <laughs> okay, take it. <laughs> take it with you. <laughs> it was just so unsettling. Um, there was a, I actually really liked the unique kind of Aussie spin that they put on this because sometimes I'll watch you know, Australian films and think, fuck, this, this, this is what we are, isn't it? It's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> but, but other times you watch it and you're like, this this wouldn't have worked out this way anywhere else in the yeah. world. And this is one of them. Like, just little things like the bloke fucking leading his head out of the caravan going, what's going on here? And Steve Bisley's there seemingly with a busted leg grinning at him going, oh, no, I just got here. <laughs> it's just fucking ridiculous, but... So kind of humorous in the midst of this ball tearing action sequence, <laughs> and it's just yeah, you know, it it's it's just so unique. And then yeah. I think um I think Tokata's got a little bit of that himself. Yeah. So yeah, that, I I really enjoyed that. I, I just love the. I tell you why I love the gang because they were super. There was just this weirdness about them, and they'd all do something a little bit different and a little bit sort of strange when they got there, and it keeps things interesting. Yeah. And you're kind of sitting there going, like, it's not like one head guy and all these random Nevilles in the yeah. background. Yeah. They've all got this bit of personality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think one guy's right. called Mudguts. The part that... Mudguts. <laughs> <laughs> lady in Mudguts. <laughs> the one that got me was... Um, when they're in the town and they've got that bloke that is seemingly part of the gang, but then they bloody spray a drink in his face or something. Next thing you know, they're, they're punching him into the store and throwing <laughs> yeah. him out the window. Yeah. I'm like, he's part of the gang, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> they're dogs to each other. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. That's it. They're just kind of, there's, there's this strange, there's, uh, those strange interactions and you're yeah. like, well, if that's what they're like to their pals, like. And I love the, di- the, the idea that the, the bad guys, the, the, the gang, are this lawless 
group, but so are the cops. Yeah. And it's yeah. the same. Yeah. And that's what Max says, doesn't he? I don't want to become one of them. Yeah. When he wants to leave. He says it's a Roger Ward. <laughs> well, he says one of the funniest sequences I've ever seen. Good to see Roger Ward strutting around in leather pants. There's no, no shirt, shirt. a tie. <laughs> a cigar sticking out of his mouth and he's watering plants <laughs> and this little miniature watering can. And there's like classical music playing. I'm like, what the fuck's going on in here? And who is he? Is he supposed to be like the commissioner or something? Because he's just rolling yeah, around. Yeah, clearly the someone in a... You know, in a position of power over the like for 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 who we see as the yeah. cops, he's yeah. the head of them because yeah. he's in the Hall of Justice. Which looks that's right, the Hall of Justice. <laughs> and I also love the fact that that's what the Hall of Justice was going to look like in uh, George Miller's Justice League. <laughs> Could be in for a very interesting picture. <laughs> yeah, what was so funny about that too? When Max says, "I'm done." He basically starts goading you and calling him a cat. <laughs> like, Have you seen what I've been through recently? That's what I've been saying. Yeah, yeah I'll take a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. <laughs> oh, man. I really think, and I, I'm, I'm a bit like you, Jared, that those couple of scenes involving his family and Jim Goose mm. just gives mm. you enough. Like, it's strange that it's only probably a handful of minutes. Yeah. But it's enough to showcase that he cares about his wife and kid. He's a family man. Yeah. yeah. He's good mates with Goose. They get along well. And when they get killed, it hits hard. Yeah. Like, and as an audience member, it hits hard too. I mean, I remember Goose's death and thinking, I remember this being a bit kind of untidy when I was a kid. I didn't like to see this bit. Mm. And then, of course, you, uh, I realised when he gets yeah, knocked off the road, they're going to set, set him on fire. Yeah. And then they have that sequence where he's just in the, the hand. tent and his the hand, hand falls it's out. It's simple, yeah. right? Yeah. I was just saying, like, simple going, but oh, effective. man. Yeah, and they do the same thing. They don't, you know, they don't overdo it with, with the wife and that too. Again, they just, they use the action to, to raise that kind of exhilaration and then they just have that iconic shot of the, the, the shoe running away, the, ball. the shoe and yeah. the ball, yeah. And that's all you need. Like, you don't need any more than that. The, the, the bike steaming off in the distance is like, you get the sense, okay, the job's done, and we see the symbols of what they were just yeah. fucking lying on the road. It's like I also know. love the sequence where she's in the forest. It's kind of foreboding. They, they do have two sequences in a row where Kundalini loses his hand. <laughs> Why do you keep laughing? It's a great name. <laughs> yeah, it's a great name. Well, for starters, it wasn't necessary that he threw the fucking chain at the I know. <laughs> he lost his hand, but he doesn't seem too phased about it. I know. When they ask for his hand back, he's just... <laughs> He's cradling it like a bloody small kitten or something. And then there's a sequence in the forest where they kill the dog. Yeah. Yeah, they're chasing her around. It's foreboding, you know, you didn't know something nasty's gonna happen. Mm. And but they kinda build it. They yeah. build it. You know, they're on this That's they're on this ho- uh, they're on this holiday together. But now this is gonna turn into yeah. something yeah, real bad. And this is where again, this movie is a whole different experience for watching for someone from, you know, who grew up in Australia because um, when they get back on the farm, it's the old bird from Prisoner. That's yeah, birds <laughs> That's running the show. Oh yeah, and of course, you know, Bisley was in Water Rats and Rubbish like that. Yeah. <laughs> to see him as a young Jim Goose is always <laughs> when they, when they actually ran when they run his family down. Mate, that was that was pretty pretty of a kick in the guts, basically. Yeah. You know, like you kind of really feel that. Well, that's what, that. like for for a, what you know was essentially a cheap genre pick to get those moments right. Really, kind of mm. put it over the top. Really, yeah, definitely. 
And then when he goes crazy and decides to take him out, mate, that stuff is just golden. That entire final act of about 15 or 20 minutes when he goes after him mm. is yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's really, really well done. I love when Tokai gets his come up and spy getting run over head on <laughs> by a truck. <laughs> and I love the eyeballs. You see what eyes bold when he sees the truck? That was a, that was a bit weird, I thought. But, uh, <laughs> and I, re- I, I really like the ending with Johnny Boy where he just, you know, this, you can cut through your handcuffs in 10 minutes or you can cut through your ankles. Yeah, absolutely. You can see where they got the idea from, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, that, that whole stretch was really good. Like, you knew it was... It was getting there, but then when it does it again, it's just, it's just. And I just love it just how it kind of just ends up. with him. It's kind of dark and and it's un, it's satisfying in a way, but also unended because he's basically mm. just roaming the the road now. Yeah, during that stretch is one of my big likes too. Is that it reminded me of that stunt man that just about took his fucking head off with the motorbike. <laughs> the motorbike the hit him in the back yeah, of the head. And he's sliding down and then his bike, the, the front wheel of his bike, just nails him from behind. And he's, again, he got up and walked away. <laughs> How did they not kill someone? George Miller said, let's do that again. Didn't hit you hard enough. Can we, can we get it? We're only going 60k there, fellas. Come on, we need up the Andy. And Grant Page is going, get me on the bike. <laughs> It's just like those sequences, though. You know that bit, that shot where they're they're looking at the speedo mm. yep. of the motorbike as it's absolutely flying down the road. That cameraman is holding a camera in a shirt, shirt, pair of stubbies, and a fucking pole. <laughs> 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 Talk about safety precautions. <laughs> Can he wear a helmet? No, I don't get <laughs> They would have green screened that now. Oh, it would just would have horrible. Yeah. And you know what? I cannot believe that George Miller was a bloody doctor. <laughs> an emergency room doctor. Probably that's why he was, Maybe that's why he was more open to doing these things. Because he's like, look, if you're in some real strife, oh, I can get things started while we're on the way to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is an absolute credit to the the crew that they hung in. <laughs> I don't know how. Honestly, there would be some things I, would, I just would have said, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I value my life. <laughs> no, he would have gone, okay, come on, you bloody kid. Yeah, yeah. Lord's like, Ward, Grand would have been there berating you. Know, you get on the bike, you big punts. <laughs> uh, any more likes? Any more big likes there? No, I think you covered most of mine there. Action? Did we mention the action? (laughs) (laughs) Did we mention the opening 10 minutes, which is pure lunacy? (laughs) Um, Look, the acting is below par. (laughs) Gibson is probably the best actor because he gets a few quiet moments. Everyone else is just (laughs) screaming and yelling and (laughs) going overboard. But they actually, I mean... For, for what they had to work with, they actually managed to get a bunch of people that ended up having pretty solid yeah. acting careers. The performances yeah. were passable mm. um, in some cases, like Toe Cutter. Mm-hmm. He was passable. I um, thought he was good. My personal favourite's the guy who rolls over. He sees um, Mel's wife coming out of the store and he goes, he mumbles something about how, you know, 
Oh, uh, yeah, dinner time and, and my favourite dish, yeah. women. Yeah, well, is that, awful. That was, uh, yeah, he only had one line. And um, Johnny Boy was tragically bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was bloody hopeless. And a well, pest as well. The, <laughs> I was surprised they didn't strap him in by the car. <laughs> No, the acting I guess was a I mean you had to pick your boys. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, to have basically unearthed Mel Gibson who <laughs> before he turned into a full blown lunatic, just had enough lunatic to make well, Do you think he's by the Miller and Page? <laughs> His later issues. You know what was in him three Mad Max movies of these idiots? <laughs> True, I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> the uh, music was probably the biggest factor that I felt hadn't aged all that well. Yeah. Like, sometimes it, it's ill-fitting or just overdone. There are a couple of times where it's playing in this really sort of, you know, it's supposed to be like an emotional, scary scene. And yeah. Basically, they're just having a chat. <laughs> like, yeah, well, no, we don't well there was that. one, I think there was one where... Um, when Max is on leave and him and his wife are like by a river having a chat. Oh, yeah, yeah. It sounds like, buddy, little house on the prairie or something. It's just... I, and I, I don't know. I think maybe that was a product of the money too. They just had to take what they could and, and try and fit it in. But, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a... The composer was Brian different. May. Not, not the, Queen's Brian May. Yeah, <laughs> Another Brian May. It's a bit... Um, yeah, it's a bit... Because he did the second one too, I it's think. It's a little bit intrusive. Yeah, it is in the first one. After that, it's not quite so bad. I didn't really notice it as much, but in no. this one, there was just points where I was like, "Oh, Jesus, that doesn't really fit." That's kind of taking things, uh, taking things, taking me out of things a little bit. The the sped up footage, I get why it's there. You yeah. know, you're adding a frantic and speedier element to the the car yeah. scenes, but at times it looks a bit silly. Like yeah. it so it comes in and it's kind of like there's one in particular where <laughs> a bloke's waving a flag. And you see the sped up shot and it's going <laughs> way too quick. <laughs> it's a fine line between artistic and Benny Hill. Yeah, that's right. It's close. It's close. Benny Hill is art. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, if those, admittedly, it was, that was probably their safety precautions. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I think that was a concerned pedestrian saying, you're going to kill somebody out here. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just it looks a little bit weird because yeah. a couple of times they intercut it in between sequences where it's all legit. Yeah, so it kind of takes you out a little it bit. Does, yeah, it's not like there's full sequences of it. It's just a random shot here. Yeah, and, there. and it's kind of like oh shit! You know, a minute ago we we would low down at road level as a motorbike goes a hundred k's an hour. Yeah, and now you're speeding it up. Yeah. Uh, never good to see a bloke running through a field with no pants on and what looks to be blood coming from his ass. <laughs> no, no. And that was untidy. And to have um, Gibson and Goose talking about, um, what are they saying? They're saying, oh, he's a real, real weirdo, this one or something yeah. like that. He's clearly been through yeah. something here. He they had raped the girl. Yes. But they'd also raped him. Seemingly, yeah. Or done something quite yeah. cruel to him. Not a not not really my favourite part of the film. No. <laughs> Even worse though was I was quite shocked to be honest. When Goose is blowing up at the police station because that no one turned up to testify yeah. against Johnny Boy or whatever his name was. 
Roger Ward says, oh, she was just a town bike. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that just sounds fucking awful. Like, yes. that's a justification for anything. Yeah. Like, it's just it's showing this age really badly. But the fact that it was even in there is just... Yeah, it's a little bit... That would have been a chuckle in the day. Very see- Well, yeah. that's it. In the, at the time, Probably you kind of just... I mean, I could, you could almost imagine someone like Roger Ward with his kind of reputation or who he, the films that he was making almost kind of fucking ad-libbing something like yeah. that. But it was just, yeah, it's pretty... Product of its time, which could we could do without. Yes. Put it that way. The last thing for me was, look, if, if a group of bikies are after me, I'm not running down the centre of the road. I'm actually jumping the nearest fence yes. the, and take it off across the fields, mate. That's, That's it. it. I'm backing myself in if I've got 100 start. Do I can get over that fence and give myself 50 to 100 before they jump off the bikes, so I think I'm a chance. Short steps, short steps, short steps, and then into the long strides. 10 to 15 of short, explosive, choppy steps, and then into the loping strides. <laughs> Admittedly, I'm in such bad shape that I'm probably going to get another 100 in. Oh, baby. Yeah, the heavier you be going. i get run over. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really have much else. Uh, I had one, and it's that I forgot that they basically stumbled back across the gang. I felt like the way it had been set up was that Toe Cutter and, and, the, and the gang would track them down somehow or hang around the same kind of yeah, vicinity and just stumble across them that way. But the fact that they piss off on a road trip and find them there by accident is a bit... A bit sort of yeah, convenient. Yeah. 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 But it was... Just part and parcel, really. It was minor kind of, injury. The plot was just very, very thin. So to take that along with it was like, yeah, okay, I'll just go with that. Mm. I'll run with it. Anything else? That's it for me, I think. No. All right, that's Mad Max. Um, you can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, and Spotify. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com, and on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Our next episode, we will continue with the Mad Max franchise, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. But until then, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.